Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. You know, as we were talking about Canada's, you know, pretty proudly, I think, fostered a, a peacekeeping identity over the years. And we've served in that capacity several times, as you know. But the current situ- situation in Ukraine doesn't really fit into the traditional scope of Canadian involvement in f- so far as there's really no peace to keep at this point. Um, now, later this week, NATO leaders, including the Prime Minister, will be in Brussels to discuss and to plan for their response to the situation with Russia. And I think it's twofold. How do you end it? And second, how do you keep it from spreading and getting worse? Um, so let's have a conversation about that. We're going to chat with Dominique Arel, who is the chair of the Ukrainian Studies at the University of Ottawa. Uh, Dominique, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. So we know that NATO will be gathering coming up later this week, and Canada, of course, will be part of that. What do you think, uh, what's the, first of all, what, what's the goal of these meetings? What's the intent? What's the focus? What will they be working on? Well, clearly there's a, there's a war of aggression uh, going on in Ukraine, right? The, the first one in the, since World War II in Europe, when a state is seeking to basically destroy another state. So... Um, all are basically the, the common thinking, the received wisdom, the, the traditional approaches, I think, to security have to be uh, thought over. Um, so I think in the short term that they're discussing basically having a common position on how to uh, move forward. Even in the short term, it's uh, uh, as we speak, it's uh, increasing military assistance to the Ukrainians who are resisting the war. And Canada, I mean, let's just call it what it is, they've been uh, less than eager, to say the least, to step up militarily at all throughout this entire ordeal, right? Yes and no, right? Obviously, no NATO state wants to uh, go and send soldiers. But right. That's pretty clear because Ukraine's not part of NATO. That's been clear from the beginning. That's why we can't have this uh, no-fly zone, because it would uh, uh, lead to necessarily a confrontation between a NATO pilot and a Russian pilot. So the we want to avoid that. We understand. But, you know, you mentioned Canada. We've had we've developed, going back to Lester B. Pearson, way back in the 50s and 60s, right, this yeah. peacekeeping identity, and that was great. Um, but actually, in the last seven years uh, prior to the war, Canada has been training the Ukrainian army. And it wasn't alone. The Americans were there, the Brits, the Australians. But Canada actually had the largest contingent. That was in western Ukraine. That's on the facility that was bombed a week ago in western Ukraine, in Yavoriv. And, and now we're seeing with our own eyes how remarkable the Ukrainian resistance, military resistance, has been. And um, it seems that Canada... Um, really played the role. It was not, it was not just a matter of uh, you know, getting to familiarize yourself with weapons or new generations of weapons. It's, it's really changing even the culture of, uh, of the entire previously so very Soviet kind of Ukrainian army. So that's not a peacekeeping operation. So Canada actually quietly but very effectively uh, played a role, and it seemed... Um, 
seems that going forward uh, with uh, our neighbor, after all, Russia is our neighbor also with the Arctic, right, uh, that is engaged in wars of aggression, then uh, we need to go beyond peacekeeping. Peacekeeping is very important in areas where, the, as you said, there's a peace to be kept. Yes. And generally for in areas where um, states are wrecked with civil wars. That's, this is not a civil war, what we're, we're going through, what we're witnessing in Ukraine. It's not a civil war at all. It's something entirely different. Um, last week, our foreign affairs minister, Melanie Jolie, uh, famously now, uh, said Canada is not a military power. Um, you know, we're more into diplomacy and convening. That's where we shine. We're just not a military power. Um, isn't there some truth to what she's saying? And does that not sort of play into the fact that when it comes to um, the role that we can take, we are somewhat limited, Dominique. Well, obviously, we're, we're not the United States, that's for sure, in terms of exactly, military right? superpower. But we're not even France. France is infinitely uh, uh, more capable and, and militarily than, uh, than Canada can ever be. I mean, we're a middle power, and with you know, a population of, what, 35 to 40 million? Sorry not to be up to date on the demographics, but it's still a fraction of, uh, of even, um, you know, the, the big states in Europe, like even Germany. Uh, that will not change. But in Canada, uh, you know, relying on diplomacy, well, diplomacy gives you, uh, leads you so far when you're facing, um, again, this, uh, this war that puts up, puts us literally on, on the brink of World War III. That's why, I mean, beyond our deep concern for the fate of, the, of Ukraine, the Ukrainian people, we're all very, very nervous and uncomfortable and very anxious because we have this sense that it could really escalate and draw NATO, Poland, and then perhaps even Canada into a war. Um, and that, if, it's, if it doesn't happen this year, and, and we all hope and pray that it won't, um, NATO and then Canada will have to, uh, again, um, make sure it never does. So that that's beyond diplomacy here. It's yeah. rethinking your, I mean, in terms of Canada being a middle power, but can still rethink its military policy the same way Denmark just did in, in, in Europe, in Europe and a week after the uh, the war broke out and decided to increase the military spending, for instance. Yeah. So that that's what we're talking about. Yeah, it, it, it's an inflection point, a moment of focus for sure. Uh, Dominique, thanks yeah. so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. My pleasure. Have a good day. You too. That is Dominique Arel, who is the chair of Ukrainian studies at the University of Ottawa. And I think, you know, as we have these discussions and we continue to go along and talk about what Canada can do and can't do and should do and shouldn't do and what our involvement is, um, you know, we've heard the Prime Minister talk about increasing our defense spending, and there's a renewed focus on that. I think we're starting to come to the realization, based on what we're seeing, um, that we just haven't done the job when it comes to defense. And, um, you know, we talk the talk about wanting to be a player on the world stage, but do we do what we need to do to make sure we're taken seriously? And I think there's a lot of discussions taking place right now about that, and we're going to have to change the way we operate if we really want to do step into that role.